Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, boy, first of all, I'll tell you this. Um, th- there's, there's a competition oftentimes. Uh, which, which of the Gospels do I really, really love the most? And it, it's funny because it's kind of like whichever one you're in, I feel like I really love that one the most, right? But Matthew has been the one over the years that is just kind of, I, I've, I don't know, I, I feel connected to Matthew's Gospel I just love it, you know, and I know the other ones are fantastic too, uh, but this chapter right here that we're in, Matthew 18, we're talking about being trained by Jesus, and this chapter has blown my mind, all right, and, and, and also it has kind of whooped me up a little bit too, because I'm ashamed to say as I read this how often I've taken Matthew 18, and it's so easy to just kind of take a couple sections and, and make them say what we want them to say and make, them to, and make them into something that in the context of what we're reading here, uh, man, th- this is really good. But what's this entire chapter about is this, essential principles of relationships among disciples, okay? And, and, and we're going to stay in this text, okay? So... There are going to be some things that Jesus teaches, and one of the things we do oftentimes is we start thinking about, but, but this means this over here, and this means this. Right, I, I get it. Jesus doesn't teach his entire doctrinal theology every time he opens his mouth, all right? But he's teaching a very specific lesson here to those who would be in the kingdom of God, all right? And so last week... Uh, here's, here's just the paraphrase, my own notes right here from last week. Worry less about how important you are in the kingdom of God and be concerned about getting on the same page with me slash Jesus, right? Lose your passion for status, deal with your sin radically, love your brothers so they don't stumble. That was last week. Remember the, the question that began, Jesus, who is the greatest? And it's, it's interesting because, you know, over time, that can kind of lose its luster with us. But that's the paraphrase from last week. You know, this is a great thing. I was encouraged. Uh, uh, Patrick texted me and he said, man, Keith, this is what I'm praying for. In Matthew 18, I thought, you know what? I love that. This idea of putting some flesh onto this. And so I was looking back and going, man, what would I pray for? Just from those first nine verses. And this idea of teach me to embody true humility, rejecting the pecking order, right? Everywhere in the world, we got that, all right? Is, is there's this, you know, you got to make more, you got to have a greater name, you know, all these things. It's funny, in Romans 12, 3, Paul writes and says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. But one verse before that, he says, don't conform to the world. Don't be like the world. 
Don't be, just because your job, just because your social group, just because you have a pecking order, don't conform to that. Conform to Jesus' standard in the kingdom of God. And wow, what a prayer, right? We, we could pray that, right? God, please help me not to think more highly. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, what, do I need that? Um, it, here's probably a pretty good way. And there's no, I got no science behind this, okay? But this is probably a pretty good way. If you're thinking to yourself right now, you know, I really don't think too highly of myself. Chances are you probably do. Okay, so there's kind of two groups. There's a group of folks in here that are going, man, I do. Help me. And then there's a group that's saying, man, I really do pretty good at this. And I'm saying, you want to know what? We all need help. <laughs> okay, we, we just do. Open my eyes to see, this, to see sin the way you do. Right? I mean, you, you want to talk about the things we talked about last week with sin? Cut your hand off? Gouge your eye out? Right? That, that's a radical approach to sin. All right? That's not like, hey, man, let me take my time and get through this. All right? Man, I need to pray that, that I see sin that way. Okay? Not this, not this like, oh, man, thank you for the grace of God. Now I'm going to continue doing it. And convict me to love my brothers and sisters in a way that I never cause them to stumble. But there's one exception to that. <laughs> there's, there's one exception to that, right? Is Jesus himself says, I, I am a stumbling block to people. All right? And so it's that idea of as far as it goes with me, outs never cause your brother or sister to stumble unless you're preaching the gospel, okay? What I mean by that is if one of us, if somebody stumbles because of the gospel, all right, that, that's Jesus, okay? I mean, he's, he even said that, but we understand this. 1 John 2, verse 10, it says, Love your brothers so deeply that you never cause them to stumble. Okay? Boy, th this right here is, is encapsulated of what we talked about. But man, I, I love this. I love when Patrick sent me the text message. That was fantastic. And we have to remember something here. We're talking about being trained by Jesus. And sometimes it's very easy to hear his teachings. It's super easy to hear his teachings. You go, no, 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 but I don't like that because this is what's going to happen here. And that's what's going to happen there. And all that. And go, hold on a minute. Jesus is going, he's not forcing anyone to come into his kingdom. He's telling us this is how my kingdom will be. Right? It's not up for debate. There's, there, is no, there is no voting for this. Okay, we don't get to, in, on November 4th, vote on what the kingdom of God is going to be like. Jesus is like, hey, if you want to follow me, this is what it will be like, okay? Now, if we're sitting here going, I don't like that, then you have to go find another kingdom, okay? So being very clear about this is Jesus isn't teaching this as a debatable issue, you know? This, this, it's not up to debate on dealing with sin radically. It's not up for debate to not be a stumbling block, Okay? It's for us to conform to him. We're going to get hit this section right now. Next section right there, verse 10. Matthew 18, verse 10. Four verses here. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. Remember, remember Jesus said, hey, he brought a child up. He said, unless you become like one of these, okay? Now, now he's doing something here. He's not talking about the child anymore. He's talking about the little ones, those who will become like children and follow him. So don't despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, won't he leave the 99 
on the hill, go to look for the one that wandered off. And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven isn't willing that any of these little ones should perish. Okay. So Matthew's doing something here, okay, because there's this story that is sort of paralleled in Luke 15. We've read this. If you read in Luke, you've read the story of the lost sheep. You have this, you have three stories in Luke 15, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son or the prodigal son, okay? And in the context that Luke is using it is, is literate lostness, okay? Matthew here, though, says this. Right at the beginning, he puts this really strange verse here at the beginning. He said, don't despise one of these little ones. So he brings the context into those who are in the kingdom of God. Presumably, the ones who have maybe struggled and they stumbled or they're in sin, they're having to cut a hand off or a foot off. And he said, don't despise them, all right? Don't look down on them, right? Don't, don't, don't do that. He said, they're angels in heaven. Always see the face of my father. Here's what Matthew's going. Is, is, here's the deal. Is this. Um, well, first of all, we have to remember where this all started. Who's the greatest? And he's telling him, listen, guys, for real, don't look down on, on one of these people in the kingdom of God. Don't look down. Do not look down on him. He, again, he's telling us about this, about who's the greatest. And here's what's interesting. In Hebrews 1, verse 14, the writer says, aren't all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? Okay, so there's this little like sentence that really should be a little bit mind-blowing. Go, man, this is, aren't all ministering spirits? And so Matthew's writing and he's saying, hey man, if you think you're in a place to look down on your brothers and sisters, understand something. In God's kingdom, their angels are right there. Like, like, we're going to have to answer to God. And, and sometimes we think oftentimes wandering, straying, stumbling. It's, it's, then we get to a point where we feel like, man, it's okay to treat people poorly. It's okay to look down on them. It's okay saying, no, no, man, would you look down on someone that their angel is going, hey, 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 God, they're picking on him. I'm trying to minister to that person. Right? That, that's deadly right there. I mean, that's meant to put us in a place going, oh man, this is, this is bigger than us. Right? right? It's so easy down here to go, no, no, Father, God, we got the kingdom of God on straight. You, you just let us have it. No, no, no. He's saying this. Um, and so, you know, you have this, don't despise one of these little ones. He says, if a man owns, and he tells the story that we know. And he says that if you had a hundred sheep and one wandered off and the word is like to wander or to stray or something like that. Those are two good words, but they, they kind of wander away from the flock. And again, he's not talking about lost people. He's saying, no, in the kingdom of God and somebody wanders off. He says, doesn't the shepherd go and look for that one? I'm going after that one. Like that, that one is the one percent. Is important. Isn't that great to know about God? Isn't that great to know? Because here's the thing in the world, 1% doesn't matter. All right? If there, 1% of any company we work for, if you give your boss trouble, they will gladly fire you. All right? 
One percent of go, you're done. I don't need you. I got 99 other people. Okay. This is awesome that God is saying this. Okay. But this is a little challenging. Okay. If we stop and look at this, it's pretty challenging. Okay. Let's move on from this. Wandered off. Talk about that. You know, what's interesting is, is there's quite a history in the Bible, in the New Testament, about those wandering or going astray. All right? So sometimes we, we just have some kind of bad theology about that, this idea of, of you're either in or you're completely out. It says, but you want to know what? That Peter, in, in Galatians 2, Paul's writing, and he said, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. All right? Isn't that interesting? We're sitting here at a Sunday morning service. Oftentimes we go, this is the safest place to be. I mean, if you're astray, you're not here, right? No. It's not low. You could be astray sitting right under the roof of the church, okay? And he's going, man, there's Barnabas. You mean Barnabas, the son of encouragement, the missionary? Wow. Do, do you see even this? It, wouldn't it be easy to kind of look down at Barnabas? Barnabas, not all that. No, but he was led astray. There's a history of this, right? 2 Corinthians 11. Paul writes, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Okay, so when we're talking about when Matthew's talking about this, when Jesus is teaching this lesson of a wandering sheep. Okay, this is not the first. This isn't what we understand. This is what the early church would have known that to be is that you want to know what? It's not all that hard to begin wandering, right? It's not all that difficult, okay? In, in Hebrews 2, it says, be careful that you don't drift away. The drifting is so, you know, the, the classic illustration of the drifting is like when you're at the beach, right? And you start playing, and you're here, and the next thing you know, you're two miles down the beach, and you don't realize it because you've been taken by the current, right? And it's so subtle, but the early church knew, you want to know what? We can't, this is a war. We can't be led astray. You know, when the sheep, man, it's not, I was talking to Patrick, I said, Patrick worked on a sheep farm over in, over in France. And, and I said, are sheep really stupid? He's like, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. And so the poor sheep is just kind of like there. We don't know why the sheep wandered. Maybe the sheep just wasn't like paying attention. Maybe the sheep wasn't necessarily rebellious even. Just kind of like not paying attention, getting some sheep ADD going on and just kind of like going, oh, that's a neat flower. And that's it. And, and all of a sudden astray. All right. He's saying, man, you want to know what? Um, Jesus has this attitude towards this, towards us. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the errors of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So it's, again, it's that idea of, of, of wandering. Wandering or going astray from Jesus is not, though. Understand this, okay? Because for real, we could be sitting here and, and you could be a wanderer. You could be going astray and you're thinking, you want to know what? Yeah, people need to treat me different. 
in the kingdom. People need to treat me different. I'm wandering. I'm just wandering. Understand something. Wandering is not a state of health and safety. It's not okay to stay there. All right, let's be very clear about that. The sheep that wandered off is in, de- in desperate danger. Okay, this isn't just like, oh, he'll get over it sometime. This is a state of emergency, okay? In fact, when you wander and stray, you're in grave danger. Okay, so that's very important to keep in mind because as we read God's word, the tendency will be the condition of our heart, if it's wandering or astray, we're going to start looking going, yeah, you want to know what? They need to treat me different. <laughs> no, it's not the point. Not the point here. 2 Peter 2. Why is it dangerous? Have you ever read this before? Peter, now, Peter okay, this, this is the guy who, man, him and Jesus went, I mean, he had some words for Jesus at times. This is what Peter writes. If they have escaped, if you're a disciple, if you've escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then you're again entangled in it and overcome They're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. You see the danger? This is craziness. Can you imagine being in a worse condition than lost? I I can't even imagine it. In, In a gazillion years, I can't imagine what that is. It's like, how can you be worse? He says, here's the deal is, this battle's so real, go ahead and wander. Go ahead and stray. Go do, and here's the deal. This is, if you turn away, it's actually, it would have been better for you never to have come to Jesus. Okay? And, and, and this is uncomfortable, and I hope we're not sitting here going, no, no, that's not what that says. That's exactly what that says. There's, that's no ambiguity. That's actually like, no, 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 Keith, in the Greek. No, in the Greek, it's worse. <laughs> Okay, we can't. No, in the original language, man, the original language is scarier than this. And Peter also writes this, hey, be alert. Hey, wandering off, straying, this ain't good. Because, because Satan is prowling around. It's like the little sheep. It doesn't matter why the sheep strayed. Okay, so, so if you're losing your zeal, if you're losing your heart, if you're losing your love, and you're just kind of wandering around, you got to understand, it's not like, you know, the picture and the sound of music on the Alps? So beautiful. And you're singing, and it's like, this is awesome. You know, no, man, there's somebody trying to devour you. It's scary out there. All right? So I say all this because, again, we can deviate and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people, man, they shouldn't look down on those who wander. Well, hey, man, but let's be real about wandering, too. Okay? Got to look at that. Ultimately, though, in the text that we're reading, this text is less about the theology of wandering and more about the attitudes of brothers and sisters towards those who wander. Okay? That's the challenge right here to lock into. That's the challenge. Let's not get caught up in all this other stuff. This is specifically Jesus teaching how disciples, what are their attitudes towards those who wander and go astray. Okay. There's no room. Okay, when we read this and you see you, you see the, the teaching here, he says, you know, what do you think? How would you feel about this if you lost a sheep? And then he said, well, the shepherd will go and look for him. There's no room for calloused attitudes towards any brother and sister in the kingdom of God. All right? That's just a fact. There's no room for it. Okay? 
And, and so, again, we can't just check out and go, no, this isn't for me. All right. Th- this is the idea of going, man, oftentimes our most callous attitudes are towards people who stray. Or, or we just write them off completely. Say, oh, somebody's strained. They fell away. Well, that's bad Bible. OK, it, it just is. But it's this idea of, man, there's no room, no room for this. There's no room for this. They brought it on themselves. Ever said that? I have. (laughs) Hey, man, they brought it on themselves. You wonder what? Maybe they did. Understand this section, what it's about. It isn't about whether they did or they didn't. It's about my and your attitude. Okay? Me Me and Mike Salter were talking earlier about college football, which, what a fun weekend, right? I mean, college football is always kind of neat. You know what's fascinating, though, about the difference between a lot of teams? It's simply attitude. It isn't athletic prowess, necessarily, right? It's attitude. That's, that's one of the things I love about him. I love at Clemson, the attitude of the players, all right? Because you could take the same athletes and start turning them against each other, and you're not winning. You, you just won't, Okay? So this has got to be out of our lexicon. It's their own fault. Right? Essentially, that's like, let's put them in the doghouse until they get it. There's no room for this. There's no room. And what do we learn from this text? That this is not God's attitude towards the wanderers. This is not. All right. The shepherd is saying, no, you wonder what y'all sit here and talk about whose fault it is. Y'all sit there and go, no, that sheep, he's always going looking at the yellow flowers over there. The shepherd's going, I'm going to get the sheep. That's Jesus way. (laughs) Amen. There may be a lot of reasons why they strayed, but let's go get them. All right. So let's. So, so, so let's, let's let the demons out a little bit here, okay? So, Keith, you're saying sin is okay. You're saying sin in the church is okay. Where in this text could you possibly get that? Where? Because here's the deal. Didn't we just read last week? If your right hand uh, caused you to sin, cut it off. If your left foot, you cut it off. You gouge it out, okay? So... But this is what goes through our minds. And it's not just me. It's lots of people. So Keith, what you're saying is somebody wanders and we should just be like, OK, it's cool that you're in that sin. Who said that? Again, he's talking about my attitude towards those brothers and sisters. Oh, so 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 here's what we should do. Just pretend everything's OK if somebody wanders or strays. Let's just pretend everything OK so they'll feel good about coming back. Where'd you get that? Like, like, we've got to stay in the text. Like, the text nowhere says that. There's nowhere in there that even comes close to saying that. All right? In fact, you want to know what next week? We, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's almost like Jesus knows what to teach. <laughs> it's almost like he may know something. All right? Because I can imagine him sitting there with a group of us, and we're all going, who's the greatest? And he just starts chipping away. Hey, you got sin? You dealing it with radically? radically? You dealing with your brother and sisters relationally in a way that's, that, that's, that's loving and radical? You know, he's just chipping away at us, right? And so, again, 
whatever thought comes to mind, put it against the text. Okay? Put it against the text. And go, hold on, is that what he's saying here? No, he's saying, you want to know what? Is Jesus sitting in front of me and you going, you want to know what? You cannot have an attitude towards your brother and sister. You cannot. In fact, if you want to join me, your attitude has to change because I'm on a rescue mission. And, and you want to know what? The rescue mission doesn't mean they're coming back. <laughs> okay? Oh, if, if they come back, well, then everything's okay. Listen, that's called grace. We all like that. But there's not even a guarantee. That's what's scary about this. Is the shepherd can go and never find the sheep. The sheep can never want to be found. The sheep could be injured to the point where, where are they? Right? But we're staying in this text right here. And let's look right here. This is really the challenge. Can my attitude get in line with Jesus's? All right? <laughs> Whoo, man, can me... And that's, that's the point here. Hey, hey Keith, you, you want to be the greatest man? Get your attitude in line with Jesus. <laughs> Worry less about being the greatest. Worry less about what people think about you. And, and spend your time trying to get on the same page with me. Okay, that's what Jesus is telling us. But here's the thing. This might be the greatest internal struggle of all. It, this may be the hardest. That subconsciously, we do everything we can. That's not supposed to say fire. That's, that's some kind of autocorrect. Okay? I don't know why it says fire. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay? But, but discipleship, it's supposed to say to keep our life of discipleship. <laughs> I'm like, fire? Come on. Apple? To keep our life of discipleship passive. Okay, what do I mean by that? Okay, and I want, guys, please examine yourself. One of the things that plagues the church most today is the idea of, I want to follow Jesus, but I want to be very passive. Here's what that means. I want to do what I want to do. Like, I want to read this and go, you want to know what? Heck yeah, man. Man, there's people I know, they're so judgmental about people that stray, and they don't help them, and, they don't do and, and, and we get on our high horse. And then we're like, but I just want, this isn't going to challenge me. I want to go and set my own life up. Okay. How can I keep this passive? This is not passive. This is not passive. If we leave here and go, oh man, that was really, I like that section. Let me go and kind of just continue with my daily life. We have missed the training of Jesus. Okay. Jesus is saying, no, no. What he's really saying is come with me to help get the stray. And so if your attitude right now is judgmental towards those who are judgmental of those who stray, right? You got me on that one? <laughs> if you're judgmental of those you think are judgmental of the stray, here's what I'm going to say. What's going on in your life that you're actually helping Jesus find the stray? All right? If you're going, well, well I, I pray for him. Great. But, but have you sacrificed any time, effort, energy? Or has it just been like, no, my life, I just do my life. And, and, and those people have to stop judging. I love this section because, mm -mm. guys, we got to fight being passive as disciples. All right. Th this is meant to go, no, no, no. You want to know what? There are, this is happening. And, and again, here's the other side of passivity. Zeal in Christ 
unfortunately, is becoming how angry can I get towards my brothers and sisters to make me feel like I have a conviction? <laughs> like that's, that's my action, right? I don't do a thing except, you know, I'm going to do my life. I'm going to get my job. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my place to go. I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. And my deep conviction is, you want to know what? There's brothers and sisters. I'm sick and tired of them being judgmental. Amen. That's my conviction. That, that, ain't, that ain't it. That ain't active. Right? That, that's called, hey, you want to know what? Open your eyes. You might have strayed. Just saying. All right? So, so again, we have to be careful here. Don't think of ourselves too highly because we could be sitting here listening to this going, yeah, you want to know what? That's our problem. And God is going, you're that one. <laughs> it's straying. Right? And, and you strayed because you're so bitter towards the flock. Right? So being bitter does not go, yes, I am so saved now. My conviction is so deep because of my bitterness towards whatever. No, no, no. It's actually discipleship is active, actively lived out. Okay? And it isn't going back and going, oh, please, please come back to the flock. Sin is okay. Please, no, no, no. Because we already know this. Jesus is saying, no, come and follow me. And that does require a standard, right? That does require it. But I can pass out a standard of discipleship and, and still have the attitude of Jesus. Right? Right? You got that? This is why this is so important. It's not either or. Right? It isn't this idea of going, oh, man, let me fake it and bring it. No, 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 no. It's this idea of how can I love and join Jesus on this mission as, as a trainee. Jesus, what, do you what would you have me say? What would you have me do? How would you have me love this person? How would you have me? What would you? You know, I don't think at any point Jesus would go, hey, let them know sin is no big deal. I, no, 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 no. Jesus would not say that to us. <laughs> okay? But he would tell us, here, this is how you can talk to him now. Hey, this is how a shepherd opens his arms. And you wonder what the sheep might still wander. But Jesus go, here's how to do it, okay? This is why we need to be trained by Jesus. Here's a prayer. What if we prayed this way? That our attitudes towards our wandering or straying brothers and sisters is exactly like yours, Jesus. Okay? And, and again... Wandering, it, the, there's a reason that I put up the verse about Barnabas going astray. We would never have considered Barnabas to go to astray, go astray. Because Barnabas is the missionary. Barnabas is the man. Barnabas is there going, oh, he's just kind of messed up. He's like, mm-mm. No, no, he was here amongst us, but he was astray. Okay, so, so we, we got to think again. Man, it, being in the Bell South Auditorium, being in my home at my at wherever, doesn't say, man, I'm, I'm plugged in on Facebook Live. I'm plugged in in the Bell South Auditorium. I must not be the stray. No, 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 no. We've got to go back and, and understand discipleship in Jesus. Okay. Whoops. Didn't want to do that. Could you turn that back on? There we go. Here's another thing. I'm praying about this is instill a humble alertness inside us all to know we are all able to stumble and wander and still even be amongst our brothers and sisters. A humble alertness of, you want to know what? There's, 
Man, it takes some intentionality to go, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm listening to you. I hear your voice. Where are you going? I'm listening to your direction when you're telling me not to go and take that right turn off the cliff. Okay? A humble alertness. And, and Jesus, show me where I can join you on your rescue missions in my community. Where can I join you? What's going on? Can, can you include me into this? Because I want to have your heart, okay? To me, I, I'm going, this is what I'm praying for, for me, for us, all right? And again, this is, this is, one, of those, this is, this is one of those sections where there's brothers and sisters who are going to go, I love this section, And there's brothers and sisters going, Keith has lost his mind teaching this section like this. Right? And you want to know what? Next week, it's going to be switched. (laughs) Okay? It's going to be switched. The group that loved it this week is going to go, what is wrong with Keith? He was so good last week teaching that lesson. He's crazy. And the other group is going to go, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm teasing you a little bit. Go and study the next section, okay? Go, go, where, where'd they go? What does he do with this, okay? Because this entire chapter, just like we said from the beginning, this is essential relational principles in the kingdom of God. Because here's the deal. He's talking a lot about sin, right? And you know what's amazing about that? <laughs> as long as we're on this earth, in the kingdom of God, every one of us, this is a battle we're fighting, we're not going to get rid of it, okay? There's not going to be a time going, oh, man, you want to know what? There's literally zero sin in this church. So Jesus is going, hey, before heaven, man, my people have to learn how to relate to one another in a way that the world sees that's different, okay? And so, again, this section, it's essential. It's essential principles, and he talks about sin an awful lot, all right? So we're, we're going to take our communion now. All right. And remember why we do that. Right. The, the, the reason we do that every single week. And what's interesting is, and I've heard the arguments, right? I, I have. You have probably. You may have used them. I know I have. Man, you, you take communion every single week. Well, I, I don't want to do that because it makes the cross, the death, burial and resurrection not special. If remembering the death, burial, and resurrection one time a week takes away its that specialness, my heart is hard beyond belief. All right. The cross is meant to be special. Every thought we have of it. There's no way you can make it less. There's no way. It's set up in a way that we're meant to be thinking about this all the time. Okay. So when we ask the question, why would I be this way? Why would I have this attitude? No, Keith, you don't understand. People don't turn around unless you do this. I'm going, well, why would I do that? Well, everything I need to know is encapsulated in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. All right? And what's fascinating is, is later on in the ministry, you want to know what? You know who wanders from Jesus? All of his apostles. All of them scatter. They all run away. And then you want to know what we learn in John 21? Jesus, they're making fish for them. Hey, come on, have some breakfast. Isn't that pretty interesting? Yeah. Everything we need to know 
about why would we do this? Why would I repent? Why is, is encapsulated in Jesus' desire to sacrifice himself for me and you while we were sick and dead and wanderers before we even knew what was right and good and saying, you know what, I'm going to lay my life down for you. And listen, I'm going to convince you of my power by rising again. You never have to worry because I'm doing something, Jesus is saying, that no one ever did or ever could do without God. So there's a sense of confidence that comes from remembering the death, burial, and resurrection. There's a sense of confidence. There's a sense of grace. There's a sense of, like, seriousness. If Jesus is this serious about sin, shouldn't we? Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's the opposite. We think, well, Jesus, is, he needs to be serious about sin. But we don't. I don't get that. I don't get that in the resurrection and the death and the burial of Jesus. So this time truly is meant for us to get the why would I do this in the Bible? Why would I do this? Because God and Jesus loved us first. He didn't wait for us to make the first move. All right? He has come after us, and hopefully, hopefully there is a, a sense of encouragement that anytime one of us or a brother and sister wanders and strays, there should be a sense of encouragement that God is going, I'm getting them. All right? he, he doesn't call a conference to go, let's talk about them. He's going, no, I'm going after them. To bring them back, okay? There's a sense of encouragement. We should go, I love that. I am so thankful for that because here's the truth of the matter is, any of us have been here, we've been disciples long enough, we've wandered. We have gone astray. Like, no, no, Keith, you don't understand. My righteousness is too great. Come on. Right? So, so here's the thing. This should be something we embrace and we love and we live out and we know why. Because of what we're going to do right now. We're going to participate in this. We're going to remember Jesus. This is why we have a time where if you need time to just pray and be silent, great. But also don't forget that it's okay to talk with one another and go, man, this is really challenging. Can you pray for me? Can you help me in this? This is, this is the time you can go, man, I, I am that one that judges. I need to repent, okay? Let, let's take advantage of this time right now.